Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Creation Care Podcast. I'm C.T. Anderson. You can find me at C.T. Creation Care on all social media channels. And today is my first day with a guest. I'm super excited because I've never had a guest before. Um, So thanks for following me. Um, I have Mr. James Smith. James is um, the head of a group called Outdoor Afro Charlotte, and I'll let him talk more about that. Um, but he has a very interesting history, so we can talk about that too as well if you don't Absolutely. mind. Absolutely. Okay, cool beans. So again, C.T. Anderson, welcome to um, our first episode with a guest, and here we go. All right, Mr. James Smith, can you please introduce yourself? Well, I am James Smith. I am so excited to be here and be the first guest ever, you know, so unfortunately we're not getting paid, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. And I am so happy because we're going to be talking about the outdoors, nature, sustainability, the environment, all the things that are critically important to black folks. And we can actually see that in practice when we look at Flint, Michigan, who still does not have clean water or Puerto Rico or any states or or countries that have a huge population of black folks that the world just does not care about. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. All right. He went there. I like it. Um, Well, I mean, you're committed, obviously, because we both woke up early on a Saturday morning to do this. Amen. um, um, Out of our own time, which is great. And I like that you said amen, because maybe we want to start with a prayer. Absolutely. Would you like to lead us or shall I lead? You can lead. Okay. Okay. Amen. Okay. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for allowing us to come together and share your wisdom and your words. Please be here amongst everyone here listening to the Creation Care Movement. Thanks for allowing us to be together and and fellowship. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, cool beans. So tell us about Outdoor Afro, and then tell us about Outdoor Afro Charlotte. Okay, so first I want to make sure that I say this correctly for the lawyers. I don't actually represent Outdoor Afros in this conversation. I am the Charlotte leader, but I am so happy to talk about Outdoor Afro. So Outdoor Afro is this. It is the nation's leading organization for connecting black people back with nature. And we are growing. Uh, Charlotte alone has close to 1,700 members. Uh, We are now in 30 different states uh, in the U.S. We have uh, 80 leaders as of 2019, and we are going to continue to grow under the leadership of Rue Mapp, who is actually out in California. What city? Uh, she is outside, and I know I'm going to be uh, made a lie on this one, but it's right outside of Compton, I believe, is okay. where she's at. And when did she start this organization? Uh, Ten years ago. It actually started off as a blog, believe it or not. Nice. And she's grown it through partnerships, friends, family. Um, she's obviously very talented to grow a blog into a organization with 30,000-plus members in 10 years. Uh, the leaders are exceptional around the country. We all go to training. So when you join one of these uh, networks uh, around the country, you will find that those leaders are really good with outdoors. Um, and this is a family-friendly organization. We want you to bring your kids out to the events. We want to teach your kids how to fish or camp or hike because that is the next generation that's going to be responsible for the environment. That's and, awesome. So, and so um, how long have you been involved? I've been involved for about three years at this point. Um, I started off as a member here uh, in the Charlotte Network. And at the time, Cheryl Baker, who was is also a leader this year, um, 
was just very intriguing to me. Hold on one second. Events. So is 80 leaders in Charlotte alone? No, there are 80 leaders throughout the country. Okay. How many uh, do we have here in Charlotte? Uh, there's two of us in Charlotte. Okay, got uh, it. Cheryl Baker and myself. And I was participating a lot when she realized that I had a lot of outdoor skills because I have been in the outdoors better part of 40 years at this point. So she tapped me one day and said, hey, would you like to become a leader? <laughs> you got voluntold. I got, that's exactly right. And my initial reaction is, no, I don't want to bring black people out into the woods. <laughs> um, Why do you say that? Uh, you, just, you just gave this whole big old spiel about how the world doesn't care about us, and you're doing this great movement, you're doing, joining this great cause, but you started out saying, I don't want to do it? Yes, yes, I was absolutely fearful. Why? Uh, because I don't want to lose people. Uh, okay. People are, what we found in our community is that we are very, very um, afraid of the woods. And you're saying here in Charlotte, North Carolina? Yes, everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. It doesn't um, matter where we live in the state. It States. does not matter. And we're not talking about people outside of the U.S.? No, we're okay. talking about in the U.S. People are afraid of the wilderness, and it's a responsibility. If people of color, black people only, or all people? It's all people, but you have to remember that the system is set up to dissuade people of color, black people And which system? Because, you know, I believe... And this is the, the premise of the creation mm -hmm. care movement is that systems are made of people. Yes. And we can all do something to change the systems. We can. So which system are you referring to? So we have institutional racism. So let's not forget that national parks were primarily off limits. Public pools were primarily off limits. Due to uh, laws that said... It's a piece of paper. Got it. Unless you change the hearts of people, these things are still largely off limits. So, so you're saying that, so before, perhaps let's just go with my grandparents' generation, because mm -hmm. they lived through segregation. It changed during my parents' uh, generation. But they weren't allowed to visit public parks Correct. when they were born or when Correct. they were growing up. Correct. They weren't allowed to visit public pools. Correct. I do remember my dad telling me about going and sitting up in the balconies of movie theaters Correct. and things like that. I remember they actually used the Green Book when they traveled. Correct. Because they lived in Chicago and they'd drive down and visit their family and they Correct. had to know when they can stop and how they could stop. Correct. So that I remember, that I understand. Mm -hmm. But I did not relate that to the public parks. Absolutely. So everything was off limits to black folks. For the most part, or they would create separate parks. If you ever looked at the Inkwell, the movie, yeah. um, where it's in Cape Cod and there's a separate section for black folks, yes. that's what you had. Okay. So the problem with the wilderness is this. There is no police department. Right. There is no federal department that's going to protect us if a mob of white people decide to come get you. So, so folks just stayed away because they didn't have kind of like that protection that they could fall back on if something did occur. That's exactly right. Okay. This is a great Black History episode. Correct. This is good. Yeah. Absolutely. And we have been taught what I call the legacy of despair, okay. right? which is my own term, that says there comes a point where you don't have to change the law anymore. It's indoctrinated in who we are. Yeah, okay, okay? I get that. So eventually, when you decide, hey, I want to go camping, your grandmother, your father, your cousin <laughs> will say, are you crazy? Yeah. Black people don't go into the woods. Yes, yes, yes. We don't do that. Correct. We don't do that. That's exactly right. right. So we have created a box in which we live in, and then the lock on that box is our family. It's our culture. It's our heritage. Right. And so few people ever open up the lock and realize you can do whatever you want to. 
but it takes a long time to open that lock. Okay, so we went down a rabbit hole, but this is good, because that's why you said you didn't want to do it, because you knew about all these things, that, this legacy of despair. Correct. Now, are you saying that you're limiting it only to black people? So if there is someone who happens not to be black, because I have, you know, folks ask me that all mm-hmm. the time, and I'm very honest about uh, race issues when I speak mm-hmm. to friends who are, who are not um, black or African descent. If they say, I want to participate, I want to help, what do you say? What's your response to that? Absolutely. Okay, great. And if you look at some of our pictures, you will see that there are people that are non-black that will participate in our events. The key is that you have to realize that this organization does deal with issues that have to deal with black folks. Got it. We open up with a opening circle. We try to relate things back to history. Why is this hike important? Right. Why are we doing it? The last hike we did was a Harriet Tugman hike. Wait, oh, wait, um, wait, wait, stop. Um, it's important to stop here because what James is talking about is the history of America. And oftentimes the history is, um, <laughs> it's shared a different way. And, and we'll talk about that later. But I think this is a perfect time for us to pause and take a break. And I want to share one of my favorite poems. I too sing America. I am the darker brother. They send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes. But I laugh and eat well and grow strong. Tomorrow, I'll be at the table when company comes. Nobody will dare say to me, eat in the kitchen then. Besides, they'll see how beautiful I am and be ashamed. I too am America. So it's important for us to just pause and pay homage to the history of our country, even on the parts that make us feel uncomfortable or aren't so great. Because if we don't learn our history, we're doomed to repeat it. So I think it was great and important for us to stop and pause there and just pay honor to not only Harriet Tubman, our history as Black Americans, um, as folks of African descent, but also to one of my favorite poets, Langston Hughes, who was, uh, by all accounts, the king of the Harlem Renaissance. So now we can start, and James and I will talk more about um, that history. Thanks so much. So I just I just uh, joined this bank called One United Bank. Okay. They're based out of uh, Massachusetts, I mm-hmm. think Boston. And they the reason I found them, I found them on Instagram. They had mm-hmm. a Harriet Tubman debit card, mm-hmm. and I was like all excited. Mm-hmm. I was like, somebody has a Harriet Tubman deb- debit card. But then they went even further. The artist that drew her on the card mm-hmm. had her doing the Wakanda symbol. Yes. So I went to Howard University. Gotcha. I went to the Howard University the same time that Chad Bozeman went to Howard University, gotcha. who's the star of Black Panther. Absolutely. So I'm all in when it comes yep. to Harriet Tubman, Wakanda, right. et cetera. So talk to me a little bit about this Harriet Tubman walk. So what we did is we, to experience what Harriet Tubman went through, and people don't really understand. They'll say, oh, she just walked 100 miles. <laughs> what they don't realize is when you are 50 feet into the woods and you turn around, you don't know where you came from. Right. And we're doing it under very controlled situations. Right. There's a leader who knows where he's going. Right. Um, You're typically not far from a road in a lot of cases. If you just be quiet and still. You can hear. You can hear a car. Got it. Okay. But one of the things we did is we took them on a three-mile hike in the woods. We took them off the trail. Okay. And we talked about the things that Harriet Tugman would have gone through. 
she didn't have a sophisticated backpack. She didn't have <laughs> GPS on her phone. GPS on her phone. Because <laughs> that's she, what I use. That's right. That's exactly right. She did not have a food source. She right. did not have a water source. She did not have a tent. And we only walked about three or four miles. And people were getting nervous because as they turned around, they couldn't tell where they came from. Right. And they had backpacks full of food, I bet. Correct. Because <laughs> you know how I'm going to say our people, but everybody likes to eat, but I really like Correct. to eat. So I have snacks on a regular basis. Correct. And so... <laughs> When we got back to our cars, and this hike, and, and let's put this in perspective, okay. this hike only took about two hours. <laughs> By the time we got back to our cars, people had a real understanding of what she was going through. That's awesome. And oh, by the way, you weren't being hunted simultaneously. Amen. And so were there children on this hike? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. The I children should... love it. Of course they do, because... You know, one of the, the issues for the black community is that you hear this all the time, representation matters. Mm -hmm. You don't get to see people that look like you doing the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why this legacy of despair, I'll use your term, is so important is because we don't see ourselves Correct. out there and about. Um, one of the reasons that I started this podcast, well, I've been talking about sharing how you can be more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More conscious about the decisions you make mm -hmm. in terms of caring for the environment and caring for people. But one of the main reasons I did is because I've been working in this space almost 20 years, yeah. and I still hear the same questions, the mm -hmm. same conversations. Well, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. Well, how do I know it's really going to go somewhere? How am I? And it's like, we don't know. But Correct. we are the people that can make a difference. Amen. And so if I had someone like yourself... Mm -hmm. Um, or what's the num name of the young woman that leads with you here in, in North Carolina? Cheryl Baker. Cheryl Baker. Um, shout out to Cheryl Baker because, mm -hmm. you know, you said he leading the hike. She mm -hmm. could be leading the hike. She le As a matter of fact, I want to actually say this. She leads the vast majority of the hikes. All right, cool. So I'm going to digress. I'm oh. going to use somebody's expression. For women, this organization is probably 80% women. So when we do hikes and camping and all that stuff, 80 to 90% of the participants are women. All right, let's just stop and pause. Do hands up for that. Yes. Let's do hashtag black girl magic. That's yep. totally awesome. Yep. Because the women we lead. Yes. It's just the truth. Yes. Um, and I think that's really, really important mm -hmm. um, to honor, acknowledge, and promote. Correct. Because sometimes it's not promoted and it's seen as a disadvantage. Correct. Um, but anyway, keep going. No, no, no. I just wanted that to make my, that That was my commercial for Black Girl okay, Magic yeah, right there. I, no, I just wanted to make that point because one of the challenges we have, and we talk about systematic racism, and we talk about systematic um, injustices, yeah. is that black males are more scared than the black women are. And why do you think that is? Is it because the police typically hunt black men? Um, I think that is the legacy. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's some fears built in that I think a lot of the women just don't have. One of the greatest challenges I have now is I'm trying to recruit men to participate in more of the events. We do upwards of four or five camping trips. We're going to do a lot of hiking. We've been horseback riding. We've been kayaking. We went scuba diving last year. Where'd you go scuba diving here? We actually went to a training class. So I want to be clear. We didn't hit the ocean yet. Okay, because I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, we I'm did ready training. to go scuba with y'all. Yeah, so we did a training class here okay. in Charlotte. Uh, 
And it was amazing to see the number of black people who walked into this scuba school and literally you could actually hear a pin drop because 18 black folks showed up. We rented the whole pool. We had our instructors. And everybody was like, who are these people? Who are these people? <laughs> it was it. an amazing thing. And it was such a good event that uh, out of the 18 people that did the four-hour introductory, and we actually went scuba diving, the tanks, everything. Got it. Played games underwater. Of those 18 people, seven or eight of them this year are going back to get the full underwater certification. So they're going to actually scuba dive off Key West, and we're going to leak up with a, there's a black scuba diving organization. What's the it, name of it? Do you know? It escapes my name right okay, now. Okay, that's all right. We'll Google that later. But one we'll of put the it things, in the show notes. Yeah. One of the things they do is they actually go scuba diving for ships that were carrying enslaved Africans that never made it to the coast. Oh, dear Lord. And they put monuments up in the ocean to oh. symbolize their presence and their death and their spirits because their bodies are there. Okay, so this is like just blowing my mind on like so many levels. Yes. You have the history of mm -hmm. our culture, which I think is yeah. so important. It happens to be Black History Month 2020. Yeah. So um, you have connecting with nature which is great. Mm -hmm. And connecting those two together mm -hmm. is just absolutely amazing. Correct. Women's leadership. I mean, like, we didn't plan all of this. I gave you an outline, but you yeah. come with some stuff that I wasn't prepared for. So just sure. shout out to everybody else. If you want to be a guest on Creation Care Podcast, you better come correct because yeah. Mr. James Smith is setting it off. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. That's You're awesome. Welcome. So when's that happening, the scuba dive? Uh, we will... We have to get certified, so you have okay. to get certified for open water scuba diving. We're right. going to do it sometime late July. Okay. It will take us about two months. So the end of August, we should be complete with the program. Okay. And then we'll head down to Florida for the final piece of the pie, which is the open water certification. Nice. Uh, so we are heading down to Key West is the goal. Okay, cool. Um, to... Uh, essentially go scuba diving with the school and that way we will get our certifications. I like it. I yeah. like it a lot. And you can pick all sorts of locations in the Caribbean and Correct. any parts of the ocean where, you know, the middle passage occurred. Right? Absolutely. Well, there's the open water certification. So yeah. that's us getting trained and being certified to go scuba diving anywhere in the world. Okay. But then it's the black scuba organization uh, and one right. of the other projects, because we're still amateurs. We're novices. We're not going by ourselves. Of course not. <laughs> um, we would link up with them as they move forward, as they start to put these monuments out. And it is a fantastic thing, because a lot of people don't realize there are slave ships that never reach the coast. Yeah, of course. I mean, every person here that is of African descent. Yes that has their family has been here for a while. Mm -hmm. um, one of my cousins found out that we came here, or at least they were able to trace reference back to mm -hmm. 1790 something. Correct. We are here. We are the survivors. It Correct. is in our DNA to be survivors because Correct. so many people did not survive. Correct. That's so exactly right. You and I, who both mm -hmm. have this African American heritage, and I hate saying that word. Yes. I don't really like African American to be yeah. honest. We're just African heritage. That's yeah, what we are. we're people of African descent who've yes. been here for a very long time. Correct. We're mestizos mixed up, just like everybody else that's been Correct. here for a long time. Correct. Um, but we're the survivors because the folks that came here that were directly from the motherland did not have a choice on how they got here. Correct. And so we should all be 
honorable, um, pay honor, pay homage, be respectful of that that heritage. Correct. Okay, cool. Correct. You're just coming with all of it today. Oh, we got a lot of things going on. I can't. Oh, okay. So I was going to sign up. I signed up for a a hike with Mm -hmm. y'all. Talk a little bit about that. I'm not going to be able to go, but it's coming up soon. So we have linked up with the... um, Department of Tourism in South Carolina, okay. the Rangers. Um, there, there are so many organizations that are involved in this. The Rangers, South Carolina Rangers, Tourism, to do a hike at what is called the Rose Hill Plantation. Rose Hill Plantation. Plantation. Okay, cool. And we'll put that in the notes as well. We are going to do essentially a guided tour, with uh, which is, again, it's private to us. This is not open to the public. Okay. To talk about what happened. We're going to talk about the history of Africans after slavery, not yeah. just why they were on the plantation. And we're actually going to be walking to one of the churches that was built several, well, about 180 years ago. Okay. Right after, actually during slavery. Yeah, because it would be the late 1800s. Correct. That's still there. Okay. Uh, we'll be talking to some of the congregants and some of the descendants of the Rose Hill Plantation. Uh, on the so track. before you go any further... The Rose Hill Plantation, if, you know, CT at Anderson Family or whoever else wanted to go, and, and can, could we do that on our absolutely. own? You can absolutely do it. Uh, for us, this is you know, about two hours away. There are so many historical places in the Charlotte area mm-hmm. that we also do events at. Got it. Um, Ladder Plantation on Betty's Ford Road. Yep. We have a camping trip there. Nice. Where we're going to be touring. Uh, we're going to uh, literally get the history of the place. And we're going to be talking about, at the end of the day, not just the slave master. We're going to take the romance out of the plantation. Right. We're going to talk about what really happened at the plantation. Okay, let's talk a little. Let's stop there. Because when you say take romance out of the plantation, as someone who, again, I'm a graduate of a historically black college, the historically black college, I should okay. say. Um, I got to throw that in there. Okay. You can't be a H.U. Bison and not just okay. flex on That's people. Okay. That's just That's what okay. we do. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but it's yeah. all love. Absolutely right. Um, and so, so I, I made a conscious decision at a young age that I wanted to know about my history. Mm-hmm. I chose my the college, you know, my four-year institution. I chose to grow up as an adult in that space. Correct. So I'm, I'm, I understand what you mean when you say romance, take the romance out of the plantation. But for those who are listening who may not have gotten any part of black history, they got one little chapter that said it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And so when they hear... You know, black folks say things. They're like, "Well, I I didn't learn that." Let's just let's educate people. Let's let's not assume that everybody has the same level of knowledge that we have. Okay. So when I say the romance, what happens on the plantation is this: when you look at plantations around America, they've been romanticized. Okay. From Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Um, I love that movie, though. I have to admit. You know, there you go. Right. But if we had a movie called Chinda's List, you wouldn't say you loved a concentration camp. No, you're right. You're right. And so mm-hmm. you're right. That's a very good point because that movie scares me. Correct. But Gone with the Wind is one of my favorites. It doesn't Correct. scare me because Absolutely. it's a love story. That's right. Well, white people fell in love on plantations, but they were beaten, oppressing, killing, murdering our folks. Right. And, that's and that the part story of the story doesn't, doesn't get told. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We need to look at the lives of yeah. enslaved Africans. Yeah. We need to understand that plantations were labor camps. Right. Right. We need to understand that when we see these places and they market them as places to have your wedding, 
Yeah. Because we, by default, are minimizing the lives of our own ancestors. Right. No one says, I want to go to a concentration camp and have a wedding. Right. That's what plantations are to black folks. Yeah. Mm. This is a dissension. We, we have literally looked at even product sets, talking about, you remember the old South. Right. I would love to go back to where we used to be. Well, when people say that, you're saying it from a white perspective. Right. You're not saying it from a black perspective. Because if we go back to that, it wasn't very great for folks like you, that looked like you That's and me. exactly right. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. And when we look at tours of plantations, anywhere in the country, whether you're down on the coast of the U.S., mm-hmm. whether you're down you know, in the, um, the bayou where you have plantations, wherever, in, mm-hmm. the, in the south you had them. Right. When you look at the tours, they talk about the slave owners. But it's not told from the folks of the folks from the perspective of the folks that were enslaved. Correct. That's exactly right. And so do most of these tours because I'm a black American, mm-hmm. I'm a black person, and like I said, I like that movie that mm-hmm. we just used as a reference. But I'm also conscious enough to know that my history you know, I go out of my way to look for the history. Mm-hmm. What about those folks who just, they're just really trying to survive every day, James. They're not, they're not trying to save the world. They're trying to save themselves and keep their family afloat. Correct. How do we reach out to those people? And I'm going to make this a two-part question. How do we reach out to the people who happen not to be black, who want to acknowledge the history and pay homage to that and not continue to offend? Correct. Well, the... Two-part question, probably going to be a three-part answer. That's fine. So the first thing is this. When you look at most organizations around the country, um, when you look at most of these uh, plantations or the slave houses or whatever is out there, most of those places are free or have very nominal cost. Okay. And they are consistently doing programs to diversify the number of people who actually come out and see these places and get this history. Okay. Okay. That being said, you do need to do a little research. I actually was in um, Hilton Head last year and got into a heated discussion <laughs> with Uh-oh, someone who did go. not understand that they were talking to the wrong person who knew their history. Uh-oh. And by the time we were done, she was so frustrated that she just stomped off after about 20 minutes. Is it because she wasn't black? She was not black. And is it because she wanted to continue the romantic story that she had been told? Well, we weren't even on the a plantation. We were just at a site. You know, Hilton Head, Myrtle Beach, all these places have tons of history. Of course. So she... And I'm for those tourist. of you who happen to be listening outside the U.S., Hilton Head is in South Carolina, a great yes. resort town. Absolutely, Absolutely. beautiful. I Absolutely. love it. But Absolutely. yes, it does have a history. So we were at, um, I believe the, the place was called Wrightville which is one of the first free settlements. In Wrightville, South Carolina? South Car- Actually, that's right. It's a, it's a enclave within Hilton Head. Okay. okay, got it. And so I'm a tourist with a friend of mine. I don't look like I'm a sanitation worker there, which is apparently what she mistook me for. Uh-oh. All right? And so we had a conversation that started off with that. Because in no way am I there with my Hawaiian shirt looking <laughs> like I'm working that day. That means she didn't see you. 
Correct. And, and there's a whole, we can person. do a whole piece on people not seeing. That's exactly um, right. Folks of color, black, Latino, et absolutely. cetera. Well, let Natives. Me, uh, absolutely. Well, let me say this. Oh, she saw me. She saw black skin, which means sanitation work. That's right. Yeah. That I was a subordinate. Okay. Well, she quickly got corrected. Okay. Um, not in a harsh way. Of course. But we ended up, it ended up being a discussion and she got frustrated. Because at the end of the day, I knew my facts, I knew my figures, and every time she would say no, I said, you got a phone, Google what I'm saying. And why would she get into a discussion? So she made a mistake. She yep. thought you were a sanitation worker. You said, no, ma'am, I'm not. Correct. How did that come? I mean, Well, the conversation from there went to, oh, well, what do you know about this house? Like, I'm here with you on a tour. So she expected you to be able then, to help her in some way. Correct. Got it. And that led to all these other questions. Well, a normal person would have said, hey, I don't know, walked away. Not me. This was an opportunity <laughs> to engage. <laughs> okay, so let's stop there because this is important because we don't have very much time. Yeah. Um, you took the time to say, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to engage with someone who's Correct. misinformed. Correct. And you did it in a way that you led with love. You weren't just Absolutely. being mean. Cause Absolutely. That, that's in creation care movement. We don't believe in being Correct. mean because there's no reason for that. Correct. There's enough. Life is going to hit you hard many different ways. Correct. So you took this woman and you said, okay, I'm going to engage with her. And so when you engaged with her, wh what led to the frustration? Well, it wasn't my frustration. Her frustration. Yeah. Because if, if, and I will say a little joke cause I know she's going to listen to this. I was having the time of my life. She was frustrated because this may be the first time in her life she's having a discussion that's not driven by her emotions. And I am very stoic. Yeah. I am very detailed-oriented, and I'm very accurate. So every time that she would talk in terms of a frame of reference of a perception, I would say, Google my answer. Got it. Well, that's a little condescending. That's a guy thing. Or maybe well, it's a, it's a, a it, people thing. But. Well, it may be condescending, but we've spent 300 years being demoted, people being condescending to us, yeah. because what they expect us to do is not know our history. And then when you run into somebody who knows their history and won't back down, and backing down isn't not necessarily a bad thing. It just means I'm on my P's and Q's, yeah. and I'm going to have an intelligent, logical discussion with you right that you may not want to have because i'm shattering your belief system yeah i got you um sometimes though and I, i'm gonna give just an alternate view here yeah. i'm tired mm -hmm. i'm tired and so on when i'm on vacation yep. and some person mistakes me for the help yep. or a subordinate or expects me to uh, augment their vacation experience at the expense of my own I typically don't engage. Yeah. There have been times where I have engaged, and I yeah. can share those stories later, but some, some, we're just tired. I mean, yeah. and there may be times, too, where we're not even sure of the history. Correct. So yeah. I, don't wanna, I don't want anybody to, to listen to this and think that they're doing the wrong thing just because they didn't engage and they weren't James Smith, Mr. Library, Correct. walking library on, on black history. Yeah, this is me. This is James Smith. <laughs> I am not endorsing anything. This is my sweet spot. So the person that was with me is like, oh, my God, he's going to be here all day. And that's what happened. Because, yeah, well, she eventually walked away because I was having the time of my life. This made my vacation. Okay, so how long did this whole conversation take place? Uh, about 40 minutes before she started to cry and walk away. Okay, you made her cry. No, I just told her the facts. 
the facts made her cry. And you know what? That's a great point. That mm -hmm. actually is a really great point. I think that one of the reasons that some of us don't want to engage, mm -hmm. whether you happen to be a black person or you happen not to be black outside of our community, mm -hmm. it's really sad. Mm -hmm. It's really sad. And so it makes people not only uncomfortable, but it, it just it touches your emotion, particularly creation care comes out of the folks that are you know Christian or mm -hmm. a religious background. Mm -hmm. So whether you're Jew, Jew, uh, you're Jewish or you are Muslim, like all religions have the mm -hmm. same base. Mm -hmm. Do unto others as you would have them do unto Absolutely. you. And if we admit that the founding fathers of this country and everyone that came after didn't do unto others as you would have them do unto you, while at the same time, espousing those beliefs, it's hard. Correct. It's really hard. Well, you know, it's, it's warfare. It's intellectual, it's spiritual, it's, it's physical warfare. So it's no different when you're fighting a war. You look at the enemy as being less than human. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. These concepts are not new. Right. And that's how they looked at us. We were cattle. Yeah. And, and that's what people have to understand. We were cattle. We were labor. When you look at our ancestry, when you look at who we are, when you're doing a genealogy study, right. you don't look for birth records. You look for where the animals kept, they kept the records of their farm animals. Wow. That's, that's where you would find all of the information correct. for enslaved Africans. Correct. So wherever you find farm animals, that's where you find our history. Wow. And that's what people don't realize. And that's why it's so tough sometimes to find our history, because in modern America, you have to remember that you were considered property. Property. Right. So it wouldn't be in the census record. It would be in the property record. Correct. Correct. And so, that's what's so difficult for people. I, again, I romanticize a lot of things, so mm -hmm. just forgive me. But if I was going to write a, a script or a story mm -hmm. about this and I wanted to get to the truth, I would probably go to the accountant's. Correct. And the lawyers to get the information. That's exactly where you'd go. That's exactly, you know, um, Dr. Gates, who does the show, you know, Finding My Roots. Yeah, yeah, of course. Prime example. When you listen to him. Hold on a second. got to pause and shout out Dr. Henry Louis Gates. Okay, I'll let you go. I mean, I'm just saying we, okay. we don't want to just say it out Absolutely. there without people knowing where they get, can go and where we're getting that reference. Absolutely. If you go to PBS, he has a show called Finding My Roots. Got it. And a lot of what you see when he's talking to black participants is he's talking about where they found the records. Yeah. They were property records. Right. And that's how they found their ancestry right. after a certain point. Now, eventually we became part of the census. And for those who don't understand the three-fifths rule, three-fifths of a person rule or three-fifths of a vote rule. Okay. Meaning that black folks in the South, the North did not want the South to get a, a leg up on voting yeah. and did not want to count the Africans, the former slaves. Okay. So they created a rule called the three-fifths rule that said for every five black people... Only three of them will only count. Only three of them will count. Yeah. And that way they could kind of skew the voting... Right. ...of, of, of, of former uh, Africans. And we see this today, and people think... The world changes. This is why you have to know your history. When we talk about the disenfranchisement of black voters, this goes back yes. a long way. Before we were even citizens. That's exactly right. right. This is not new. Right. This is not new. Our vote counts. 
and they spend a lot of money trying to convince us that our vote does not count. This and, is why it's And so they important. are just other people. They let's just let's people. be clear. Because yes. I, I don't want this movement to demonize the other. Correct. The oh, other no. are just other people, They're just other like people. us. Yes. They put on their pants one leg at a time, just Correct. like we do. They Correct. bleed blood. Correct. And we just have to acknowledge that this is, this is a hard topic yes. on both sides and acknowledge the history, Correct. the accuracy. Correct. I'm going to stop there because we've gone a little long here. Okay. But we're going to pick this back up. Amen. Okay. Before we wrap, though, let's go back to Outdoor Afro Charlotte. Okay. For anybody that's here locally, how they can get involved. Okay. So um, locally, if you'd like to get involved, the, first, the best thing you can do is go out to our meetup group. And it's actually Outdoor Afro Charlotte. Uh, there's a meetup group, and there's also a Facebook page. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about the organization, you can go out to OutdoorAfro.com, okay. put in the state, and then it will link you to you know the appropriate network uh, that is close to where you're at. And what if someone's in a state, so I'm, my family's from the Midwest, Illinois and Minnesota. Minnesota, I definitely know they have a chapter because yeah. people are way active, and I feel yeah. like Illinois might have one as yeah. well. Yeah. But what if you're in like Idaho or Montana? Yeah. I don't know where all the chapters are, okay. or the networks, I should say. Can't say chapters. The networks don't mm -hmm. know where they're at. Uh, so the best thing to do is go out to the, to, the, to the page. And what do you do if you want to start one, if you're in one of those places where oh, you don't have one? If you go out to the website, it also talks about, hey, I'd like to be a leader. And you can actually pick on that, click on that link, and it will lead you off to wherever you need to go to potentially start a chapter or network, um, and then reach out to the organization. All right. This is awesome. This awesome. is totally awesome. Um, I mean, I love myself, but I think this is the best episode I've had to date. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Um, we have really covered a host of topics. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Once again, I'm CT Creation Care. I'm leading this creation care movement. And leading is, is I'm saying that in air quotes because really I'm just one woman talking and talking with other folks and, and opening up. But um, I would love to hear from you. If you can send me an email at letsconnect at creationcareworldwide.com. Maybe there's a topic that you want to learn about. Maybe you want to learn more about this topic. Maybe you want to share this with someone who you know needs to get outside. And, and just for the record, hiking is just walking. Yes. So if you can walk, you can hike. Absolutely. Um, thanks again to our guest, Mr. James Smith. You are so welcome. Leader of Outdoor Afro Charlotte. Yeah. And uh, God bless to all. Thank you.